Welcome to X of Words, a new podcast for the new status quo, created for and by X Twitter. Every episode, a new guest picks a new question for a shotgun quick listen chat. One question, two voices, 10 minutes. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of X of Words. Thank you for being here again. Uh, you're joining me, Ash, and today I have Caleb with me. Uh, hey, Caleb. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you can follow Caleb at Unimpressed Fave. That's long as shit, and I'm not spelling it, but it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> so, Unimpressed Fave. Um, say hi, say hi, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name's Caleb. Um, I'm obviously super into all things X-Men, so I'm just really excited to be here and chat with you all. It's, it's lovely to have you here. Thank you for coming. Um, Thank you. Today's question is a good one. It is, what are the key threats to Krakoa? Right? Uh, and now you know me, right. and now you know Caleb, and now you know the question. Our X starts now. All right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, I don't know what that laugh was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so what do you think? So I think rather selfishly, I immediately think of the Children of the Vault because that is my personal favorite little mini era of X history, the whole supernovas thing. Um, and I think they... Obviously, Hickman has set them up as kind of one of his long games. Our, some of our favorite children went into the vault and we're waiting for them patiently to come out. Um, and I think the reason why I think they're so dangerous is because they represent a lot of what Krakoa has been dreading this whole run mm -hmm. so far, which is technology and humans using technology to kind of counteract or um, jump evolution, which is really interesting to me. Um, the children of the vault are an offshoot of humans mm -hmm. who have evolved into super beings, essentially, um, from technology. So that's really interesting. But also challenging, I think, this idea that mutants have that they're inevitable, like they are the next step in yeah. human evolution. But then you have this other offshoot that also believe the same thing, yeah. but from a whole different lens. So... It's, I don't know, it's scary to me to see my mutants go up against these people. <laughs> it is. It is quite scary. Um, so what do you think of people like uh, Iron Man? Because one of the big questions I've had in reading some of the comics is watching how hard they go against individual AIs like they have in the last... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then people who are actively trying to meld human and machine and actively creating AIs that have gone radically out of right. control, like Tony Stark, doesn't seem to be much smoke for him. That is insane that I've never thought of that, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, I think maybe it's just the idea of, you know, Tony being one man and he seems to mm -hmm. mostly be creating things out of his own interest in tech versus I feel like some of these other AI creations that they've taken down have been created with the intent of either circumventing yeah. or destroying or <laughs> avoiding evolution or like whatever they're just more destructive in nature um yeah so maybe that's it but also take down tony please <laughs> 
So, so I haven't really thought about it. I think they're really different. But if you get the opportunity, <laughs> fuck him up. Easily. Just, you know, wait outside the tower, wherever he's hanging out these days, and <laughs> give him all the smoke. That's what I want, personally. <laughs> Can we do that meme of the Proud family, you know, when they're standing outside going, We're not going to jump we're you. We're not here to jump you. But just with all the X-Men <laughs> and Tony up in the room. And Magic is like, absolutely in the front completely ready <laughs> and she's actually saying i absolutely am going to jump you like the rings are off air force is on the hair is yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> i think the vault kids are a big long-term threat they are um, and i'm just looking i'm looking at the things that they've gone up against and the defensive the, the defenses that mutants have uh put in place to try to counter or, or not put into place that part that part i mean sorry so when we record these episodes we do it in like video chat so there's a lot of hand <laughs> gestures that we missed so what we were doing there was we pointed at each other at exactly the same time <laughs> a very aggressive point might i add <laughs> um yeah they totally are but then have you ever read venom the end no should i be reading venom the end is that something i should have read <laughs> It's one of the no. It's one of the it's one of the best Venom books I've ever read. Um, but essentially, it's about how the symbiote is functionally immortal. Yeah, and starts to build it because you know it builds a codex of everyone it bonds with. It starts to build right. a catalog of the entire of the entirety of biological oh. life, and it ends up one of the last things existing. And along with it, there's loads of AIs. And Tony Stark is one of them because he uploads himself. You know, this storyline we're watching, yeah. Tony creating an AI version and is he right. really real? It ends up it ends up that the uh, the version of himself that he uploads lives to the end of time. So that's why I was like, Tony doesn't seem to be taken as a threat. But when we look at the far flung future, Tony is there as an AI. So if your enemy is yeah. future AIs, maybe deal with Mr. Stark. So I'm hearing that we need to jump Tony and Venom. Is what I just heard. <laughs> this energy. It's like, okay, just put him on the list. Just put him on the list. That that seems like something jump-worthy to me. Write the names down, right? I'll write them on a piece of paper. I'll give you the piece of paper. And you find Iska and just slip it across the table to her quickly. Hey, girl. You didn't hear it from us. But <laughs> here's a list of people you might want to, you know, chat with. I think that's fair. Just three taps. Man. <laughs> these <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay um what do, what do i think if 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 we're talking about threats to kokoa mm-hmm. i think the biggest threats to kokoa are writers right now i think um this year the last couple of years has really forced a reassessment of the way that we talk about the minority experience which yeah. in turn has forced a re- reassessment of the way that they pitch and communicate the mutant allegory right but i know that right now it's very hickman driven and i'm very wary of the fact that behind hickman are leagues of writers who have no nuance and no analysis but want to write these stories they want to talk about mutants and they want to jump into the minority experience and the mutant allegory but they have no nuance and no real experience of that apart from um, racism is bad. Yeah. But when you go, 
But when you go, yeah, but you know that genocide is also rolled into this. So a people that decide that they want they don't want to be killed so much anymore right. doesn't make them as bad as the people who are doing the killing. Like if if you can't get past that key stage one, baby's first day, like yeah. level of analysis, you shouldn't be writing these books. And I'm just very wary of the threat that maybe a, a, a sort of level of complacency. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a big sort of existential threat outside of outside right. of characters and narratives. I think that's a big existential threat. And I think complacency um, is like a good word for that of just the mutant allegory has been the same for so long that it no has. one is willing to make changes with the times because you can just rely on the old allegory. And the old was fucked up. And it was. The old was fucked up. Because it was like, actually, the, the most important thing is that we stay nice to humans. Yeah. And when called on it, we'll throw in a random character of color to, like, make everyone calm down. But there's no oh, yeah. nuance, no conversations of intersectionality. Like, I've been waiting for the longest. Let's talk about Storm being a black woman and a mutant and a famous person and a, like... There's just so many ways that this conversation yes. can go in the books. And, and maybe just... how she benefits from that very straight white hair and those blue eyes. And you, you ever notice, Storm, how you're the only one who sits up on the X-Men? Okay. <laughs> blue. Wait, hold on. That came That came all the way too quickly. <laughs> it did. I'm okay. like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so threats to... Threats to Kokoa. What else do I think? Um, I think also Arako is a threat to Kokoa, but in a different way. I don't think yeah. it's a. I don't think it's like a an existential threat. I've said existential way too many times in this episode. I don't think it's like a literal threat. I think it will be Arako. I hope is a thing that changes Kokoa. Yeah. Yeah. I think there needs to be a unification between these two islands. My big fear is that Arako is going to be the aggressive bad island full of bad mutants that makes Krakoa good and acceptable when actually what you need is a reunification of those two parts and I want to say like 99% sure that's where it's going to go but I'm holding out (laughs) 1% hope that what I'm hoping is that everyone else will see Arako as that and Krakoa will make a decision to stand by their sister island instead of siding with all the humans who are like, see, those are the mutants we were scared of. And these mutants are kind of good mutants. Like, I think that would be a really yes. powerful moment that thinking about our last conversation, I'm not confident that it will happen. <laughs> I don't know if I trust Hickman and gang to do that. You know, high quality, high concept science fiction. Yes, nuanced conversation about race sexuality gender anything i don't i don't know i'm not very much no yeah yeah but you know we'll see because maybe it'll be so ham-fisted that they won't want to do it because painting the island of ancient mainly black communities main emphasis on the mainly black (laughs) but we will see we we maintain hope that's, you know, that's all you can do. Plan for the worst. Ones. Plan for the worst. Yeah, yeah. But seeing Fenris okay, so and Marauders to... scary. That already what? made me. Um, in the last Marauders, when Fenris showed up, or the twins, I'm like, aren't they like horrendous, racist, terrible people? Why are they plugged into this 
book. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different tangent of just like responsibility of characters and what they represent and where you plug them. That's a whole other thing. Okay, yeah. I know we're yeah. gonna. It's been. I, I, I've actually really. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this, so I know we're running over a lot. Yeah. Um, but one, if you had to pick one mutant, the most. Say, we're just talking about a character level, the most dangerous mutant to Kokoa. Go for it. I'm sorry to do this to you. It's a dick thing to sort of put you on the spot and do, but I'm doing it. the most dangerous mutant to Krakoa right now. Um, I'm gonna say Xavier. Because I think that he and Eric have created a society that is foundationally um, deceitful and misleading to these millions, I believe, of people living on the island right now. There's just so many cracks in the foundation that stem from their lies directly. Um, And right now we're in this victory lap moment for Krakoa where we're the reigning... Um, civilization, but after a rain comes a, a fall, and I think a lot of that will come from their lies. <laughs> Whoa, okay. So, Chris, uh, <laughs> Charlie Slander is the best way to wrap up an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, Caleb, I would say thank you. A big thank you from me to you. Thank it's you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. I've been Ashley. I've been Caleb, and this is X of Words. Nailed it. See? First time. Perfect. (laughs) Did it!